Milo Vonnen, welcome and well met. Thanks for joining me for this episode of 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. I'm your host and resident Tolkien nerd, Joel W. Hallbaker, and I'm excited and honored that you've chosen to join me today. I hope that you are looking forward to learning, laughing, and being encouraged about your blended family. Milo Vaughn and everybody, welcome back to another episode of 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. And I'm really, really excited today to bring you uh, our guest, Dr. Brittany Murray. Uh, Dr. Brittany Murray is a licensed professional counselor trained in clinical psychology with over 20 years of experience in the field. She received her PhD in transpersonal psychology at Sophia University, formerly the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology in Palo Alto, California, and her postdoctoral education at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. She was also trained and received a fellowship degree at Tulane University in early infant mental health. She began her therapeutic journey in Denver, Colorado, working in a residential facility and as a therapeutic case manager. She later moved to Lake Charles, Louisiana, where she held several roles, such as clinical director of the Children's Advocacy Center, early steps interventionist, and clinical counselor treating children, teens, adults, and couples. Dr. Murray began her private practice in 2010, consistently work, uh, working with divorced families, struggling with co-parenting and step-parent integration in both Louisiana and Texas, while working with Tulane University, behaviorally assessing the children in daycare settings. In 2018, she returned to Colorado and began a new practice, mainly focused on using EMDR to assist individuals in working through current and past traumas. However, she has always felt a call back to the families. In this desire, Dr. Murray created a new organization called Be Better Step Parenting, where she offers a five-week online course for those attempting to navigate the step-parent waters. She hopes to educate and bring improved support to the marital couple so that they can avoid the high statistical probability of divorce and help the child or children avoid another break in their family system. Dr. Murray, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to have you on the show, and uh, I love the work that you are doing to try to help blended families and step families. So thank you again for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. So the first thing that I ask everybody is to uh, just give us a brief uh, kind of summary of your blended family experience, whether that's personal or professional or both. Because obviously we read the bio um, and that gives people a great background, but I also like to hear some of the more personal side of it. Absolutely. I, I mean, I have experienced with blended families and, and any kind of realm for my entire life, you know, my, my existence has been influenced by having step parents, being a step parent, having mm. someone be a step parent to my child. Um, I have, you know, worked with step parents, obviously throughout my career and families. Um, I've had growing up, my parents were divorced when I was four. Okay. This was forever ago. So I have had six sets of step parents in my life. Wow. You know, yeah, as well as interactions with, you know, romantic partners that they had come and go mm -hmm. out of my life. You know, and as a, as a therapist, I work with individuals and families, but also helping them to navigate that system. It's been really important to me, you know, interestingly enough, I was actually a step parent before I was a parent. Mm -hmm. So that was a really interesting place to navigate. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm no stranger to it on any aspect. That's all <laughs> I can say, I guess, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. And I, one of the things that I love is that so many of the people that I've interviewed, a large part of the reason that they work specifically with blended families is because of their own personal experiences and their desire to help others uh, maybe avoid some of the mistakes that they made or at least avoid some of the pitfalls that they've seen other people 
have. Can you speak to that at all as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And currently, I, you know, my career, I have worked with families and I went away from it for a bit because it does mm -hmm. get stressful. It's stressful for families. It got stressful for me. And so I just started working with individual people, but I, I kept feeling this call back, mm -hmm. you know, to wanting to work with people and helping them understand um, this, their step parent world, because, you know, we know like divorce is very high for second marriages and typically they focus around the kids mm -hmm. in terms of causing the con the conflict. Um, ask me the question again, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I was just asking about the idea of um, how your own personal experiences with being in blended families has really caused that desire to, to try to help others and to try to um, work with them. And like you said, uh, maybe avoid some of the, of the higher divorce rates that we see, especially for second marriages. Right. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to say this in the best way I can. When I was a single mom and had another person come in to step parent, you get really protective of your kid and you don't <laughs> want them coming in and telling them what to do or how to do it. And in fact, it actually broke up my relationship because mm -hmm. I was so against having somebody from the outside coming in and there's so much communication that goes wrong in terms of relationships and wanting to parent i think as a kid of divorced and parents and having step parents and growing up as an adult it's it's this idea that the step parent has to come in and manage things and i think that's a lot of pressure on step parents i've really spent a lot of time working in order to get i, I guess the spouse or the biological parent mm -hmm. to really do that role in a really healthy way managing the needs of the child and the needs of the spouse. And that's really what I focused on a lot and have found to be so helpful for couples because sometimes you get the biological parent who's okay with the step parent stepping in and the step parent hasn't bonded with that kid or attached mm -hmm. to them in the way to be able to have that, that position. So there's so much conflict that goes on within the family and the kids are scared and the, marital couples scared and in my career and working with them it was always just to get them to understand each other mm -hmm. to understand why that kid is being difficult to understand why that uh biological parent isn't doing what the step parent thinks to help everybody understand the step parent right so spending a lot of time doing that has been very important in helping families navigate this yeah, I think that's wonderful, and, and uh, God bless step parents. I'm not one. I'm a biological parent, and uh, my so my wife is a step parent to our, uh, my two daughters. Uh, but I'll be honest, I've shared this with a lot of people. Step parenting is not a gig that I would sign up for. Like that's that's difficult because it you, you know you get all the responsibilities of a biological parent. You've got to wipe the butts if they're young or make the lunches if they're older or, you know, you've got to drive them everywhere and you got whatever, but you get none of the guaranteed love or respect or even kindness. Mm -hmm. I mean, that can, that's just, that's a thankless task, or at least it has the potential to be a very thankless task. So I do, I, I give a, a big hat tip to every step parent out there because that's just a hard job. So God bless you guys. That's, that's tough. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it's not for the weak. <laughs> no, it's certainly not. It is certainly no. not. Um, well, the second question is this, what is the biggest blended family challenge that you have faced and how have you overcome or addressed that? Um, personally or professionally or both? Both. Let's hear both. 
Um, I think personally, I can speak to kind of what I alluded to before. I think personally, my biggest challenge was with my son and having conflict around how that, I thought that person should come in and parent, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that poor person to have to be a step parent and then be a partner to a therapist. It's really, <laughs> it, might, it might take it up a notch. Uh, in yeah, that sounds a little difficult. Really hard, right? So I think the hardest thing for me was to be able to get, and I'm going to put this into professional too, because when someone's coming into that family, mm -hmm. you know, I, depending on how old that child is, they're coming in and they're in their mind, the authority. Right. Whereas that child is looking at you like you are going to take something from me, mm. you know, or they're even told that right. depending on what the other parents telling them. So I think when they're, when most parents are coming in as a step parent, I think the hardest, most difficult challenge is to help them see, to help the parents see, you know, my old partner see that you have to build that bond. You can't just come in and, and start, laying down new rules and changing things rather quickly because people go into shock you know right. children will revolt and i experienced that personally i've experienced that professionally working you know like you said it's kind of a thankless job so if this parents step parents running the kid to do this and taking care and cooking dinner and the kids rolling their eyes and just being rude you know that is very difficult in terms of being able to stick, step back and recognize I'm still trying to bond with this kid and I'm still trying to, to work that relationship so that I even have the ability to be more of an authority rather than just maybe what authority a babysitter would have. Right. So I think yeah. that becomes very challenging and, and having people step back and say, this is a process. Mm -hmm. This isn't something that's going to change overnight. And if you want a long-term marriage and you want long-term happiness and you want these kids to love and respect you, you have to come in really soft and you have to have really great communication skills with your partner so that you know where and what your role is at all times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And listeners, that's one to definitely make a note of a couple things that, uh, that Brittany mentioned there. One, you've got to take it slowly. You've got to come in gently and then still take it slowly because uh, the degree to which you can exercise proper authority is limited by the relationship or the bond that you have built up with that child. Like, sure, you can come in and act as an authority just because you're an adult, but in the long run, it's just going to come back to bite you. Um, I've shared this on a previous episode, but it's always worth sharing. Uh, I've heard a very wise man say a couple different times that rules without relationship leads to rebellion. And that's exactly what you were describing there, Brittany, this idea that if you come in and you try to exercise authority, but you haven't built up that bond yet, really, you know, you're going to get the rolled eyes and you're going to get the, the pushback. And as the kids get older, the rebellion gets bigger because when you're seven, you're, you're probably not going to rebel a whole lot. You may just, you know, maybe more passive aggressive because you don't really know. But if you're 13 or 15, like that attitude can get pretty hefty pretty quickly. Right. Yeah, that could, that could be some. <laughs> Some war games going on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I love that you share that, uh, the importance of good communication, especially between the adults, so that they know their roles at all times. I think that was really important to, um, to mention as well in terms of making sure that the biological parent and the step-parent both understand each other's roles, because that's where mm -hmm. a lot of the miscommunication can occur, is if, if, if I, as the biological parent, 
understand my wife's role differently than she does, well, of course we're going to have conflict because if she does something that is not what I thought she should do, but she did it because she thought she should do it. Well, that's, that's because there's miscommunication between us. Right. And that's something that we need to sort out, but it's going to have effect on the kids. Right. Or, or the other way around. Yeah. If, I do, if I do something that shouldn't have been done, you know, or maybe I'd like, I stepped on my wife's toes because she was going to do something with the kids. And instead I did like, that's something that we need to sort out between ourselves. Uh, but that, that yeah. way, you know, we can avoid that with the kids. Well, and I think another, another, another situation that I've come across is where maybe the biological parent is okay with the step parent coming in and being the authoritarian mm-hmm. and, you know, being the disciplinarian and all of those things. And that sometimes gets put off on the kids too, as mm-hmm. you know, it's the kid problem because the kid doesn't want to listen rather than saying, no, this is a marital problem. Right. You know, this is where we've got to redefine it and look at how do you engage your partner in to supporting you more and recognizing that you're not, the step parent's not the front line of defense there. Right. They just aren't. And, and helping parents understand that I think is super helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very good uh, um, to share as well. Make sure that we understand, uh, like you said, we got to know our roles and we need to make sure that we're both clear on those things and, and make sure that we're both okay with them. Um, Good. So the next question I ask is always one of my favorites because it's easy to find negative or difficult blended family stories. Uh, But let me hear the best blended family experience or memory that you have, whether it's from your time in a blended family as, uh, you know, a child growing up or whether it's as an adult or or both. But I love to share with our listeners positive and encouraging aspects of blended family life as well. Well, I mean, I'm going to speak about this one, I guess, therapeutically, because mm-hmm. they, they, these moments sometimes blend together. Okay. So, you know, they're, they're just the same essence, really. But when, when you're able to get the step parent and the biological parent together, where you see them start balancing life better, you see them meeting the, the biological parents meeting the, the need of the spouse and the child. And you see this harmony come from that when they all just kind of finally recognize that we're all working toward the same thing. Even though we seem like sometimes we're against each other, we're really all working toward that. And when you see kids sit closer to the step parent, or mm-hmm. you see, you know, the, the biological parents step up and parents so that the step parent doesn't have to take the hit, so to speak, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and you just see that love. It's like, it's the most hopeful thing ever. And I've been lucky to, to see that maybe not at the beginning of therapy, but mm-hmm. definitely towards the end and mm-hmm. a majority of people. So it's just when they take their defenses down and then they just love on each other. I think that's, that's the best thing. That's why I would do it. That's mm-hmm. why I would do it in terms of counseling or working so hard to help them see that because those are the best moments and I think that's what they're working toward all every day when they're in that family together Mm. yeah I love that and you're exactly right those are beautiful moments I know um, in one of our earliest episodes my wife and I interviewed each other and I asked her what one of her favorite memories is and she shared that it was the first time my older daughter held her hand while we were praying at bedtime uh, the girls had bunk beds, and, and every night before they went to sleep, we would read a chapter of Proverbs and then pray together. And, uh, you know, my wife said she would just kind of rest her hand on on the side of the bed. She's not trying to hold the daughter's hand. She's just holding it up there. And then just one night mm-hmm. while we were praying, 
my older daughter reached over and just held her hand. And, and my wife said, J I about burst into tears right in the middle of the prayer because this was months in the making. Like we were still dating at the time we weren't married yet, but we'd been dating for months and the kids knew we were going to get married. And so she was often around at bedtime to help them start getting used to the idea of her being in the home when they went to bed and really tried to move them into those things slowly. But that moment was really special for her because uh, it, it was exactly what you just described. It was, it was one of those little things, but it was the result mm -hmm. of, it was the result of consistently taking things slowly and trying to do things well and building relationships. And that's what it, you know, that's what it led to. And that was a really, it was a wonderful moment. Yeah. And it's a huge reward acceptance. Yes. Like, it feels so good. And when those kids, when the kids just finally say, yeah, you're in our family. Mm-hmm. That is such a great moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So again, listeners, if you are, uh, if you're in a blended family and you've had some of those moments, listen, write them down, put them somewhere, write them in a journal, put them on a post-it note and put it in a Ziploc bag in your file cabinet. I don't care, but write those moments down because when those kids become teenagers, you're going to want to remember some of those moments that were happy when you're in the middle of something, maybe a little less so. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, but, but do, and, and here's the other part. If you haven't experienced those yet, don't, don't give up hope because they're, they are out there, but you've got to put in the work, you got to put in the time and you can't, you can't predict how long it's going to take. There's no way to know. Right. But there's always hope. One of my favorite J.R.R. Tolkien quotes in Lord of the Rings is where he says, where there's life, there's hope. So, uh, you know, as long as you're still breathing, as long as they're still breathing, there's a, there's a chance that that relationship can grow into what you want it to be. Keep working towards that. Um, all right, so let's look at the next question here. Um, you were provided with a copy of the Ten Commandments for Blended Families ahead of time to, uh, to look through. Having done that, which one of those or two of those do you see people struggling with the most, and what kind of wisdom would you share with those people? Well, I think I, the first one I noticed right away that I really liked was respect. I think, mm -hmm. I think that is something even with everybody kids don't know how to be respectful unless right. they're taught yes and the amen. way that kids are yeah the way that kids are taught to be respectful is by the adult modeling it right so i think sometimes adults kind of forget that we have to model what we want to see in the kid all the time right and that's hard i have i have parents that'll come in and say well that's really hard to do and i'm like yeah how do you think it feels for that kid <laughs> yeah, yes amen yeah. so it's i think that when i think if parents are treating the child with respect then they're going to get that in return eventually eventually once, once, that's right yeah eventually once the child understands what's going on and feels respected you know and i think kids are different these days when i was younger you just did it because the adult told you Right. But I think kids are way smarter than we are, than I was maybe then, because now it's like, no, I'm not going to do it till you do it. You know, and I think with respect, that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the other thing is, is that communication, I think, well, and I'm going to say three, because I think that the three things that I've seen that are very hard, one is the communication. It's, mm -hmm. you know, not clearly telling the child why you're doing what you're doing, not that you're asking for permission. Right. But, you know, they, they've, they've probably come from some instability. And so right. they want something that feels stable. So right. that communication piece, you know, and in with the spouse of when you're feeling frustrated and being able to say it in a way that doesn't create defensiveness. 
-hmm. because once somebody becomes defensive, then they're not listening, you know, or, or saying something negative about the child, then, you know, the communication piece goes a long way in learning how to do it respectfully. Right. You know, and those two things definitely go hand in hand. Absolutely. And I think the third one that I think families struggle with is consistency. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Can you speak to that some? Absolutely. I mean, I get people that'll come in and say, well, I tried your, I tried what you said, but it didn't work. And I said, well, how many times have you tried it? Right. You know, and they kind of stare at me because we can't expect things to go well the first time. We've got to keep at it. And even in our own behaviors as adults, when we're dealing with kids, when we're dealing with our spouse, we have to be consistent in the tools that we're using, whether that's for standing. We can't, I mean, we do, but our best practice would be to be that way all the time, right? especially when it's hard, because that's when it's most meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that you mentioned that. Um, there's a wonderful, are you, do you remember the movie, a league of their own with Tom Hanks? And okay. So I love that movie and there's a great line in it where the Gina Davis character, she's best player in the baseball league. She's, she's quit. And Tom Hanks character asks her why. And she says, you know, it just got too hard. And his response to her is something I share with my students in my classroom, my soccer players, and, and even my daughters, he looks at her and he says, it's the hard that makes it great. If it were easy, everybody would do it. Right. And I I love that you just mentioned this idea that we need to model the respect and the communication and we need to do it consistently, especially when it's hard. Um, There's another great quote I love from uh, the great philosopher, John Stewart, who once said, um, uh, you know, if you don't stick to your values when they're being tested, they're not values, they're hobbies. Right. That's the truth. And yeah, and I think that's exactly what you were talking about, this idea of when things get difficult, that's when we absolutely have to model to our kids what it is we say we stand for. Because in yeah. the easy moments, just like it, it's easy. When it's hard, when it could actually cost you something, are you still willing to do the right thing? And if so, good, because that's what we want to teach our children. We don't want to teach our children, do the right thing till it gets hard. That's Exactly. And, it, and you know, and I kind of go with the same type of thinking of if you're not earning it, you don't get to keep it. Mm, yeah. And, and part of that consistency and part of hanging in there is earning it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, I interviewed a couple on here. I forget how many episodes ago now. Uh, their names are Jay and Esther Hutchinson. And they spoke about how early in there, because they've got seven kids. Uh, he's got some, she's got some, they have some. And they're also a multicultural family. He's from Ohio. She's from Haiti. So there's a lot going on in their world. And they said, you know, there were some times early in our marriage that we almost didn't make it here. But we're really glad that we did because if we had given up then, we would have missed out on all of this. And again, I think that's exactly mm-hmm. what you're speaking to is the, the um, not only the willingness, but the, uh, I don't know what the right word is, the stick to the fortitude to use one of the four cardinal virtues, right? The fortitude to stick it out when it's hard, because that's how you get to the great part. That's how you get to the stuff that's worth having. Well, and it's keeping in mind the great part and not just mm-hmm. the right now. Right. Yeah. You know, what I'm always working toward instead of right. what do I have, like. You know, and that, that doesn't 
seem like something I would normally say in terms of being in your now, because that's what a therapist would tell you. But, <laughs> you know, you've got to keep the goal in mind of what you're working yeah. towards so you can stay on that path, even when it feels like it's bumpy or, or rough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it will get bumpy or rough. That's the other thing to pay attention to. Like, I'm sure you can speak to that professionally is like doesn't matter what your blended family is there will be some issues that come up there will be bumps in the road there will be roadblocks whatever analogy you want to use like there's going to be issues well and there kind of has to be because most people don't realize this but conflict is where we grow mm -hmm. and as long Amen. as people are doing it lovingly respectfully civilly then your trust your bond everything just blossoms from that and that's, that's part of where the heart comes in, I guess, too. Right. Yeah, I love that quote, the conflict is where we grow, because you're exactly right. I mean, uh, you know, to, to quote Ben Franklin, there are no gains without pain, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's <laughs> you know, that's exactly, that's where we are. It, it, that's how we grow. That's how we get better as couples. That's how we get better as human beings. And unfortunately, that's also how we get better as parents, is when we, yeah. <laughs> it's when we struggle. Right. And I think it's good for people to make the designation conflict is an aggression. Oh, that's wonderful. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Con conflict is, is we just have a difference of opinion and we're trying, like I said, respectfully, civilly, lovingly trying to find a middle ground that's happy for, right. for all. Yeah. I love that so you I mentioned that conflict isn't aggression because the younger Joel would have strongly disagreed with you because I was, I just, that my idea of conflict was aggression. It was just, I just need to, you know, I had a, <laughs> I had a student many years ago who said something that stuck with me. He was joking mostly, but he was also a teenager, so maybe not, but he was talking, we were talking, discussing World War II and this big world conflicts. And he said, you know, if violence isn't solving your problem, it just means you're not using enough of it. And I was like, oh, that's not, oh. Okay. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> no, that's, that's not the lesson I want you to learn here, buddy. Come on now. And certainly right. within our blended families, aggression is not the tool that we need to go to. Yeah. And I mean, I, I bring that up because I, I have lots of people tell me, oh, I don't like conflict. And so I like to make, I like to separate that. So people recognize, no, you do like conflict mm -hmm. because that's where you're going to grow from. And that's where things are going to change. And that's right. where you're going to like each other more. What you don't like is the yelling, the screaming, the right. slamming, the name calling, the punishing with silence, all of that's aggression. Right. So people hopefully hear that and understand that's it's it's a it's a good juicy thing done correctly. Yeah, and I do. I love that the idea that conflict is not only healthy but it, it's a good thing in the long run as long as you do it correctly. Like you said, civilly, respectfully, calmly, that kind of stuff. Mhm. Mm yeah. Excellent. 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 All right. Um, so my next question is this, and I'm sure you probably touched on it some with what you've already shared, but um, what is your best wisdom, advice, tip, or strategy that you have come across or share with blended families? You know, if, well, if you just, you know, you get five minutes to speak with somebody and they say, okay, what's, what do I need to know? What would you share with them? Well, I would share, you know, one of our golden rules of treating others the way you want to be treated, because Amen. if if you can just constantly put yourself in whoever's role and say, how would I want to be treated in that moment? Then you're going to shift how you're interacting. Um, letting them know if you're getting upset, stop and ask yourself what this is triggering in me. Mm. If this kid's annoying me, then instead of going after the kid or the spouse or whatever's going on, how can I stop and say, why is that bothering me? 
wait a minute. You're saying that in order to be in a better blended family, I have to like pause and self-reflect with humility and stuff. That sounds like That's, a lot of work. You said it much better than I did. Thank sounds you. like a lot of work. I'm not really sure I want to do that. Well, those are that's relationships, right? And so if you want a relationship, I think it, it exists in any type of relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. I, com I completely agree with you. And I, I think you're exactly right. It's so very difficult for people who are hurting to do that. Uh, I know mm -hmm. one of the things I've shared from, from uh, various stages is that every blended family is born from some sort of pain whether it's yeah. pain of loss because a spouse died or whether it's pain of divorce or separation or, you know, maybe abandonment even. Um, but every single person in a blended family brings with them some sort of pain and baggage. And in order to overcome that one, first you got to acknowledge it. And then two, you got to start, you've got to start working through it. And, mm -hmm. and so I love that what you've shared about that is this idea of doing so in a healthy way, having that conflict, and asking yourself, okay, so if what my spouse just did upset me, is that because of what they did? Or is it because of something that I experienced in the past that I'm now taking out on them? Because those are two very different, very different responses I need to have, depending on which one of those is true. Well, and, and truth be told, you know, our reactions are ours and they are mm -hmm. a reflection of our experiences and things that we felt. So you know, we are putting our emphasis behind it. So it's best just to kind of know what that is, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would also, I would also tell step parents, you know, stop trying to make it so perfect. You know, <laughs> it's okay. Like imperfection is where it's good. And to, it's okay to step back and not feel bad for letting your spouse, the bio parent, take the reins. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's okay to do that doesn't mean you're not the best step parent. It actually means you, you are because you're understanding that you're actually the person coming in a little bit slowly to this family. Mm -hmm. That's why that acceptance piece is so meaningful. It's like, oh, they've welcomed me in finally because right. this family was there before that person came in. Mm -hmm. So it's not putting so much pressure on themselves to right. try to have this step parent role. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one thing that I've heard from several guests too, that I'd love for you to uh, maybe speak to a little bit is the idea of also doing your best to not take it personally. Because it may not, it may not be you. It may not be, it, could, it wouldn't even matter who was in that step-parent role. Whoever it is, the kids are going to struggle with to begin with. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I think as any kind of parent, you have mm -hmm. to teach yourself to not take it personally. You know, and I think that goes back to that, that step-parent wanting to feel accepted. And mm -hmm. when they don't mm -hmm. feel accepted, every every negative interaction is just reinforcement of I haven't been accepted yet. Right. So it's really a sitting down and talking with your spouse and depending on the age of the kid, you know, wanting, wanting to be vulnerable and ask for acceptance on some level, mm -hmm. looking at how, how do we, how do I earn that? You know, and I think a lot of times people don't have those conversations, especially don't have them with kids. Right. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, it's super important for that step parent to remember it's okay to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not going to go in and say, oh, please, please love me, kid, or, you know, take <laughs> me in, you know, but it's, it's okay to say in those conflict moments of that kind of hurt my feelings mm -hmm. or, you know, I, I want to connect with you. What's the best way to do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. And I think that's something important uh, listeners for us to remember is that it is, 
uh, it's okay to be vulnerable and it's in, it's encouraging to do so at the right time and in the right way. Obviously, you've got to use some discretion about how you do that and when you do that. And a lot of it depends on the kids' ages and how long you've been around or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but I think, Brittany, I think you've touched on something very important there about being um, purposeful about trying to connect with them. It's, it, it can happen on its own, but it's going to take a, a little bit less time if you're purposeful about trying to do Again, you can't force it, but, you know, like you said, be vulnerable. Ask them, what are some things yeah. you'd like to do that we could do together? You know, that yeah. kind of or even bringing back in respect and good communication of when's a good time to sit down and talk about some stuff mm-hmm. or, you know, do you even want to sit down and talk to me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause my own biological son, if I ask that question, sometimes he might be like, Nope, I'm good. That's right. <laughs> and that's yeah. not something to take offense to. Right. That's yeah. just being a person. Right. And it's, it's much easier to not take offense, I've found, at least, uh, when the kids were younger. Now that my kids are teenagers, it's a little bit harder to not take it. Now, I probably should take it even less personally because they're teenagers, but I found <laughs> that it's a little bit harder to not take it personally as they've gotten older. Mine are 16 and 13 these days, so that's, you know, it's very entertaining in our world. Well, I always say kids, kids will teach you how to be a really great parent if you let them because they're going <laughs> to test everything. <laughs> you could possibly have so that's fantastic i love that yeah i used to um i used to tell and still tell my students sometimes if you want to know how sinful you are and broken you are get married and if you're still not sure have children because yeah. they'll point it out to you <laughs> you know well yeah if ram das says if you want to know how mentally healthy you are just go spend the weekend with your family so there you go nice uh, yep that's exactly <laughs> it that's great stuff that's great stuff Um, so listen, uh, as we're wrapping up, what is your, what's your favorite or most recommended blended family resource book, website, person, coach, podcast, it can be your own or others that you point people to, uh, what would you like to share? Obviously, I mean, I'm partial to my program of, you know, (laughs) my five week course of getting, uh, the marital couple to get on the same page and understand Mm -hmm. the kids so that it can all be happy. But, you know, I like certain things that aren't necessarily blended family-ish in terms of books mm-hmm. you know it goes back into those aspects of ourselves like I love the book angry all the time okay. by Ron Potter Efron uh, nonviolent communication by Marshall Rosenberg I like um, for for wives really struggling with the spouse I like the Queen's Code by Allison Armstrong and definitely love the five love languages for yes. spouses and for kids by um gary chapman yep i think those are great resources because you've got to know all those individual things about you and be able to work on those individual things to come together to be this whole person so that you can function with any any kind of system that's a relationship right you know in terms of podcasts i like your podcast i also <laughs> hey, like um i also like uh the I know I'm crazy with Naja Hill because she's just really like real. Mm-hmm. You said, you I, know? I know I'm crazy. Yeah. Awesome. So listeners, we'll have links to all of these things in the show notes so that you can check them out again. If it's a recommendation coming from somebody uh, like Dr. Murray here, then it's something we should probably go and, uh, and check out, pay attention to. Yeah. I also, one more, I love the proper care and feeding of marriages okay. by Dr. Laura Schlesinger, because I think, again, when you are having the best marital relationship, Mm -hmm. 
that will factor all the way down. Right. And so that is also part of making the blended family really strong and really successful because you are, I always tell couples, like I know people think they get married and it gets easy, but it's actually harder because you have to act like each other's boyfriend and girlfriend all the time. (laughs) Like that very first six months where you were on your best behavior is kind of like what everybody should aim for because then you're going to get all that good stuff with it, all that respect and love and right. people showing up with kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of that, I was writing down um, the books and the podcast that you mentioned. Again, uh, listeners, those will be in the show notes. so You can check those out. Um, but what's the best way for listeners to connect with you, your website, social media? Uh, you mentioned your program. You can tell us a little bit about that as well. Yeah, I have a five-week-long course that I offer for step-parents and their spouses. They can do it together with one cost. And Mm -hmm. it's really bringing them through a lot of the things that we just discussed about communication, about understanding kids, about how to deal with conflict, about how to to navigate this with your spouse. And it's an hour-long, once-a-week course. And I give these references and I also offer one-on-one interaction so that parents can really get this on track, especially if it's going off the rails. And even though it's for the step-parent and the kid to better that relationship, it's also more guided to the marital relationship because that's where it's got to be really strong. And Mm. that's where I want to lead the people that I'm training or educating so that they know that in order for those kids to feel safe and stable, the parents in the picture also have to be that way, or at least they get really, really great one or the other. Um, Mm -hmm. So they can look at my website. It's at BeBetterStepParenting.com. You can also reach me at message me at uh, BeBetterStepParent.com. So (laughs) um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. It's Instagram is BeBetterStepParent and Facebook is BeBetterStepParenting at DrMarie.com. Nice. Sorry. Okay. No doctor at the back of that. Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Again, that's a lot of stuff to remember. My brain. Right. Is no, you're good. So. You're good. Yeah. We'll put all those in the notes and hopefully listeners will, as soon as they're done listening to this, will come and connect with you, check out your course. And, uh, and that would be really, really good. So the yeah. last thing I do with all my guests is a quick lightning round. It's just six questions. Um, I'll give you a few different options. You just tell me whichever one you like best. Perfect. All right. Okay, so question number one, if you had to pick one of these three, which would you go with, Lord of the Rings, Narnia, or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Nice, okay, no wrong answer out of that list, by the way. We love them all in my house, so that's good. I like them all too, but yeah, I'm partial. Yeah. All right, good, well, my, so my daughter's that way. I would, I would lay down $100 right now, my daughter could beast anybody in a Harry Potter trivia competition, because she's crazy about that stuff, so that's good stuff. Um, number two, hot dogs or hamburgers? Mmm. What kind of meat? I don't know. Mm. I guess like hamburgers. Okay. I don't think I about it that Kobe much. meat or black Angus meat, you know, right. those factor in. Sorry. Okay. No, that's good. I honestly, like, I don't, I don't think about it that specifically. I just think I'll have both. So. No, that works. <laughs> yeah. Um, number three, boneless wings. Are they a real thing or are they just pretentious chicken nuggets? Pretentious chicken nuggets. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, I feel very strongly about that one. Um, number four, dogs or cats? Dogs. Good. All right. This is good stuff. Number five, tea, sweet or unsweet? Sweet. 
good. All right. This is good stuff. And then number six, um, what's your favorite quote or, or a couple favorite quotes, music, lyrics, book lines, movie quotes, television show, Bible verse, you know, whatever pops into your brain at different times that you'd like to share with people. And I think you've shared I a couple like, already, but. Yeah. I like uh, Young's quote, the only way out is through. Mm. And I, I use that a lot because for us to get through anything, we just have to be brave and walk through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. I like that. I'm right. Oh, down. and, and for fam, I mean, I use this all the time with my, my child and family is not my circus, not my monkey. Yes. We use that one in our family as well. I learned that one from my in-laws, not my circus, yeah. not my monkeys, not, yep. not, not, it's not me. I'm not dealing with that. Not my problem. I'll That's watch exactly. it. I'll get some popcorn, but That's I'm not exactly going to get it. Right. It's exactly right. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Yep. That's wonderful. Well, listen, Brittany, thank you so much for being on. Um, I appreciate you being so gracious with your time and sharing so much wisdom with our audience. Uh, again, uh, listeners, I would encourage you to go connect with her at thebetterstepparenting.com. You can also connect directly with her on uh, various social media, and then you can send her a message at message me at bebetterstepparenting.com. So go and do those things. Um, Brittany, thank you again for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I will be starting my new course in January. So if anyone's interested or wants more information, please reach out. I'd love to give you some. Awesome. Thank you so much. Again, listeners, make sure you go connect with her after the show. And I look forward to sharing this with you and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of 10 CBF, a podcast for blended families. I'm honored you took the time to listen to the show, and I pray that God will continue to bless you and your blended family. If you'd like a copy of my complete blended family toolkit, send me a message, and be sure to go and follow today's guest as well. Please like and subscribe to the show as this gives us more visibility and allows us to encourage more blended families. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a review on iTunes or elsewhere. Remember, in the words of Tolkien, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and as always, walk worthy and Godspeed. Thank you.